Welcome to episode 28 of African and American with your girl, Six the Goddess. And keep in mind, I'm a goddess and I'm sensitive about my shift. Peace and love, family. I hope you're well. I am doing well. I am enjoying sunny, beautiful Atlanta, Georgia as a new resident of the city. I am settling in and feeling very welcome and very excited to be here. Just to update you all on Return of the Gods, it was a beautiful event. I, It's funny because sometimes I sit back and I observe my people in a setting like Return of the Gods where everybody is dressed up and happy and the mood is right and the energy is good. And um, I just sit back and look at us doing what we do and I just be like, damn, like... We are so beautiful. Sometimes I just sit back and I'm just like, wow. I'm so honored to belong to this beautiful race of people. And then it kind of allows me to put into perspective. I know we all have experience where someone um, outside of our race is like kind of staring at you. And I think that sometimes our first reaction is to be like, what they looking at? They ain't never seen black people before. And sometimes our first reaction is to kind of get offended. And it's not until moments like Return of the Gods where, you know, I'm looking at everybody and I'm like, okay, I get it. When, you know, when we're so grand and so royal, I'm like, damn, if I'm taken aback at how beautiful we are, can you imagine how it must feel for people of other races to see us and observe us? Like, can you imagine um, how they probably are in awe as well? You know, so I'm kind of learning not to take offense to if I do see someone staring. And I'm kind of learning that it, it might really just be that we really are beautiful and they probably are just enjoying the view uh, because, the reality is that our beauty is different. Our beauty is different. It's deeper than people of other races. So I'm learning now. Because when I was looking at us, I was just like, okay, I get it. I understand, you know, when people stare at us because I ain't going to lie, we are pretty dope. <laughs> so that's kind of how I felt at um, Return of the Gods. So we had some amazing performances. We were able to see Soleil perform, which she had not performed in years and years. We were honored to see that. We saw Sarok the MC. We saw Herb Alchemist, which she was my favorite performance of the weekend. She killed it. I posted a, vi a, a snippet um, of her performance on my Instagram. I didn't even get like the best part of it. Like I got the part after I was like too busy, like staring and vibing. I got like the aftermath, but I didn't even get like the main event action. <laughs> so check it out. Um, I need to ask her, does she have her performances like on YouTube or something? Because when I say this woman killed it, brought it back to life and then killed it again, brought it back to life and killed it one more time. I'm talking about she did that. <laughs> she did that. So I, I enjoyed that so much. Now, let me tell y'all, okay? Let me tell y'all the story about when I met Queen Afua this past weekend, 
because I'm so mad at myself. So I had this whole spiel, okay, that I had rehearsed, set up, all right, on what I was going to say when I saw her. I'm talking about I was ready. I've been waiting for this moment. I have one job right now. I'm not going to mess this up. Okay, that's what I'm telling myself in my head. So, um, so I'm there and I see her and I'm like, there she is. <laughs> and she is ethereal. All right. She has on this um, sheer white hood and her garments are just, she looks like an angel. Like she literally looks like an angel. And I had on all white too. So I felt like, okay, I was thinking the same way that Queen Afua is thinking to wear this white. So I felt special. I was like, clearly great minds think alike. So I had this whole spiel about how it's going to be like, oh my God, I love you. You changed my life. You saved my life. You're beautiful. You're this, you're that. You know what I'm saying? I was 100% ready. Okay. I was so ready. This is my moment and I'm not going to mess this up. <laughs> So, okay, it took me like three different instances where I tried to go over there and speak to her, and then I got nervous. And I was like, okay, let me just wait until I'm not so nervous. Then I worked up the nerve, and then it was like 10 people in her face, and I was like, no, I can't tell her how I cannot confess my love to her with these people around because I'm a thug, and thugs like me, we don't show all that feelings and all that emotions. So I was like, okay. I can't do this where people can see me, all right? So I'm like, okay, let me just wait. So then finally the moment came where she was kind of like by herself and it was my shot. This is the moment that I've been waiting for. You're going to do this. You got this. You're going to look her dead in the eyes. You're going to tell her how you feel, okay? So I walk over to her and I feel like Eminem. I'm like, palms are sweaty, knees weak. Arms are heavy, vomit on a sweater already, mom's spaghetti. <laughs> like, I'm on some, I'm on some Eminem shit, like, <laughs> like nervous AF. So then I walk up to her and I immediately just get on my knees because I'm like, I shouldn't be standing over her. I should just get on my knees and bow right now. <laughs> so I drop down to my knees and I'm trying to formulate the words to say what I want to say. And she's just looking at me like, yes, honey. And I'm like, uh, 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 um, well, uh. And all my dumb ass could do was like hold my phone out like an idiot. Like, can I get a picture with you? <laughs> and I'm kicking myself in my head. I'm like, damn it, damn it. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. You had one opportunity. You had one shot. But I'm just like, do, 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 do. Can I get a picture? Do, 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 do. Damn it. <laughs> so she just kind of like looks at me like, okay, let's take the picture. And she kind of just like puts her arm around me and, and, you know, embraces me. And we take the photo. And I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> like, that's it. So I walk away, and as I walk away, I'm like, like I'm cussing myself out. I'm 
I'm so mad at myself. Maybe I will have the opportunity to meet her again. Now, for real, next time, I'm ready, all right? Next time, they got me messed up. It's going to be my one chance. I'm going to do this, and I am definitely going to walk straight up to her and tell her how I really feel. This girl right here, I'm going to do it with no problem. Y'all got me messed up. <laughs> but um, I got the picture, and I'm going to frame it and put it on my wall. And you can't tell me nothing now because I'm extremely happy I met my idol. And that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Return of the Gods was great. I cannot wait for next year. There's nothing like good African fellowship. Um, shout out to everyone that came. Shout out everyone that I got to connect with. Everyone was great. And San Diego don't owe me nothing. So by now, we all have seen the viral video of the black cop, Arthur Williams, uh, beating up another black man, Deshaun McGreer. Now, as I scroll social media, I see everybody posting it, saying, oh, it be your own people. See, this is why white people kill us, because we as black people kill each other. What's the excuse now? Now it's a black cop and this is going on. So, uh, yeah. It's so funny because it's like, at what point, you know, do we say, okay, we're not going to give in to propaganda. We're not going to give in to these situations that are set up in order to carry out agendas. Now, we've touched on this before, but I want to just explain this again, the way these propaganda situations are set up. The victims in these situations are real. However, um, the situations are staged. However, they are done on purpose. They are done for a reason, like I said, to carry out whatever agenda. Now, as of right now, the... Um, as of right now, the police are, uh, they, they have a lot of fire under their behinds right now because there's a lot that's been going on. Now, whenever that happens, there's always a deflection tactic that will occur. Now, deflection is a major tool in uh, white supremacy because it's, it, it, it's what allows it to continue to grow. It allows it to continue to flourish. That way, white people can just say, well, we're doing this because black people do this and this to each other. I want to just make something very clear. A majority of white people are in jail for committing crimes or murders against other white people. Majority of Hispanic people are in jail for committing murders and crimes against other Hispanic people. Human beings in general are most likely to murder and commit crimes against people closest to them. The people closest to you are normally the people within your race. I want to make it also very clear that African people are people of consciousness. We are full of soul. We feel everything deeply. I want to make it very clear that normal, healthy-minded African people are extremely unlikely to murder. Healthy-minded African people are extremely unlikely to be violent. 
majority of the time when black people commit murder or crimes, it is for a reason. It is either that uh, when we see a lot of these young boys, young black boys getting involved in drugs and committing murder and going to jail for years and years for doing things in their young age, these are not healthy minded children. These are children who have their minds have been conditioned. These are children that come from poisonous families okay whenever africans act violently nine times out of ten there is some kind of conditioning or some kind of condition or some kind of situation that caused it we as a people majority of us get along majority of us are not killing each other now whenever we have issues come up it is so important for us to keep things in the family. It's so important for us to maintain family business because what happens is when we promote our own demise by promoting this black man that beat up another black man, what happens is when, if and when a situation happens to your black behind, that same prior situation that you so graciously promoted all on your social media, all on your Facebook, all on your Instagram, will be used against you. They will use that same quote-unquote black-on-black crime propaganda to justify your murder later, to justify the murder of your children later. So we cannot give in to that. I think that we trust our government way too much. I hear black people say things like, well, they wouldn't do that. Well, I'm sure that they're not going around really doing that. You know, at, at what, what else has to happen to us as a people for us to say, you know what? Yeah, clearly they will do that. Clearly, yes, it is that serious. It just seems like I, I don't know what has to happen to get us to that point. So now, like I said, majority of black people are not going around being violent for no reason. So now we have this video surface of this black cop who is for, we still don't know, for absolutely no reason, just decides to randomly wail on another black man. So let me tell you how these situations work. They need propaganda. They need a video. They need a situation like this to get the attention off of them. So what they'll do is they'll find they'll find a, a black officer and they'll say, listen, we need you to beat this man up. Um, we're going to make sure that it's recorded. Uh, however, don't worry. We're going to offer you a check for this amount. Your family is going to be taken care of for this amount of time. We can promise you that you won't, you know, that this or that won't happen. That happens. This really happens. I don't know why, you know, we think that these type of situations don't go down. You better believe that when they want an agenda carried out, they will do whatever it takes to do so. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and give us a few reminders of white cops that have killed black people and how them having no consequence has always been a severely quiet thing. Now we have this black cop that beats up a black man. And uh, interestingly enough, he is plastered on the front page of every major news media source about how he has been indicted, how he will face charges 
Okay, he's been indicted by a grand jury, and, and this is being broadcast all over the place. We don't condone police brutality. The police are here to uh, to protect and and to and to serve. We're not going to tolerate that. He's going to be punished, and we all are like, yeah, punish him. Let me just remind you about Terrence Crutcher, September 2016 in Tulsa, shot by Officer Betty Shelby for no reason. She was acquitted and she later resigned with full pension and benefits silently. Let's remember, remember Philando Castile, who was off, uh, who was murdered by Officer Geronimo Yanez, who was found not guilty quietly in 2017. Let's not forget Alton Sterling, who was murdered back in July 2016 in Baton Rouge, when the officer that killed him had no charges silently. Okay, now we got the black cop that beats up another black man, not kills him, but beats him up. And all of a sudden, it's front page news about how he's been indicted by a grand jury. And as opposed to us saying, we're not promoting this because this situation is extremely rare. It is extremely rare for a black person to beat up another black person for no reason. It is against our culture. It is against our natural way. It is against our natural instinct. So now as opposed to us saying, all right, let's be smart and let's really think about this. We go plastering this story all over the place, giving white people um, further room to say, well, we can do X, Y, and Z to you because you do A, B, and C to to yourselves. Stop participating in it. There is a, the reality is that we control our own reality. Nothing has to be a reality to us until we acknowledge it as such. Okay, so when these kind of situations happen with this black man, with this black cop, the proper way to handle that would have been to look at it, you know, say whatever prayers, whatever words of condolences you want to give to the to the victim and keep it moving. But plastering it all over social media, talking about how it be your own people, like, at, at, you know, at what point do we stop being so idiotic? At what point do we stop being so insane as to give in to these situations? Whenever the white media is pushing a story, that means they are also pushing an agenda. It would be wise for us as a people to react in less of an emotional way and react with more logic in order to step back and say, okay, what is their goal here? Okay, what are they looking to accomplish here by having this story go viral? What is the real plan here. Once we can take the steps to step back and think about that, we will not have as many issues with, you know, these deflection um, tactics working against us because yes, they're always going to attempt them, but it's a matter of if it works or not. And we cannot keep setting ourselves up to letting, letting things like this happen, letting things like this work. All, if you want to really be safe, just do the opposite of whatever the news media seems to want you to do. <laughs> if you really want to play it safe, whatever they're saying they want, do the complete total opposite. Nine times out of ten, that will fix it, okay? Um, 
So I just wanted to say that because I feel like we don't think about that. I think we see these situations and we just get so upset. This is family business. We handle this in the family. And the way family works is right or wrong. You do not broadcast it to outsiders. Okay, especially when those outsiders will use that same thing you just broadcasted in order to hurt or harm you later. Okay, so let's be a little bit more mindful of what we promote amongst each other. 77%. That is the percent of black business owners that use their personal cash to finance their businesses myself included. Okay, 47% of black owned businesses are operated in the south. Okay. 33% of applications submitted by black business owners are rejected by the bank. Now, some reason that um, black businesses are rejected by the banks is one, discriminatory reasons. Let's not forget your race is a part of your social security number. I love when white deflection says, if you want something, just go out and get it. There's nothing holding you back. When your social is ran, so is your race. Your social is connected to your race. When you are submitting a small business loan, they know what color you are. <laughs> I don't know why we, we forget that. All that information is included. If it truly didn't matter, then why is it a part of the equation? Another reason why black business loans are often rejected is because of location. Majority of black businesses are opened in black communities. Okay, so when those addresses are put in, that's another reason why it is less likely to be, um, it, why it is less likely to be approved. Now, in the same breath, if we want to talk about um, educational loans, car loans, those are easy to get. Okay, it's it's easy to get approved for fifty thousand dollars to buy a vehicle. Um, it's difficult to get approved for. $50,000 for a small business loan. All right. Um, black entrepreneurship is truly the way that we are going to strengthen our families and the ways that we are going to strengthen ourselves. Now, it's so funny because I see these celebrities and I see uh, wealthy black people and I'll look at them and they'll have on like, they'll have like a $300,000 car, a $5 million home. They'll have um, a $5,000 pair of shoes on. Okay. They'll have $2,000 sunglasses on, Gucci, Louis, Prada, everything. Now, this is why uh, if and when I become wealthy, this is why um, I know I'll never indulge in things like that because if we are just giving five to ten thousand dollars to families to start small businesses, and if we are also able to hire financial educators 
and accountants for their businesses, we can set black families up for life with small initial loans as such. I can't see myself being a black celebrity, being a black millionaire, and instead of and going and spending $10,000 on a necklace when I know that that $10,000 could literally set up an entire family for life. Because the problem is that you can't just give poor black people money. You give poor black people money, they're gonna blow it. It'll be gone in a week. However, if you give that money with education, rules, and limits, that's how we can start to break generational curses. Now, even me as myself as a business owner, there are so many things that I, I want to do. There's so many things I want to do to expand my brand, expand my business. But the reality is majority of black people are not given any kind of inheritances. It is common for um, communities of other races for their children to be left with life insurance inheritances, to be left with trust funds, um, savings account, things of that nature. That's not necessarily what is happening to us because as millennials in the diaspora, we are pretty much the first adult generation that has been able to openly and freely invest, trade, um, you know, buy stocks. For a lot of our parents and grandparents, you know, they were still getting their money taken from the banks. All right. So that's why a majority of us don't have that cushion. We don't have that startup. All right. So, but the amazing thing about it is in true black power form, even though we are more likely to be denied of these loans, even though we are more likely to be given these loans, but with higher interest rates, we still doing it. Okay. That's the beauty of black power, black power. It, it wins regardless of the odds against it. And, and I'm so proud of us for our, I want to say it's like a 78% increase in uh, black business ownership within the past few years only. 78% jump. That is amazing. That means we are really getting it. We are really understanding. However, I think the place that we're lacking is um, having... Because the reality is these celebrities and things like that, they are rich. They are famous because of us. <laughs> because of us. All right. Um, I, so that's why I, I often wonder why instead of going out and buying, you know, $50,000 gold chains, why these celebrities are not living a more humble lifestyle and then paying it forward to further empower black businesses. Okay, so the banks are not wanting to give us these loans. Okay, so what is supposed to happen? Now, if we help these celebrities become rich, become famous, the right thing to do, the way it's supposed to go, is they're supposed to send the ladder back down for us. It's inappropriate to say, okay, thanks for making me famous. Now, I'm going to go ahead and buy this Lambo. Okay, thanks for making me rich and famous. <laughs> Appreciate it. Now, I'm going to go out and buy the $6,000 pair of Christian Louboutins. That's why I don't believe in 
and black celebrity. Okay, you can either you can either be a black celebrity or you can be for your people, but you can't do both. Okay, you can't do both because any black person that is still indulging and giving white people tons of money unnecessarily, you know, they're, they're not really for us. Okay, those are just the black people that are trying to be comfortable in the plantation and they'll use the excuse like, oh, well, I should I worked hard. I should be able to do nice things. Yeah. And like I said, once again, you know, black celebrities, you are who you are because of us. Okay. The people are the ones that made you who you are. Um, so, I mean, whatever, whatever tactics have to be used to ease people's conscience. If people want to make it seem like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm just enjoying the fruits of my labor. I'm just, I mean, okay. I mean, if you're that insecure and you're that miserable that you have to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a piece of jewelry, then by all means, boo boo do you, but at least keep it real at least just say i'm extremely insecure and i'm having an extreme way of overcompensating for that insecurity so i need to buy this expensive jewelry so that i can validate my worth you know what i'm saying just keep it real but this is why black entrepreneurship, this is why it's deeper than rap. Black entrepreneurship is not just, oh, it's how cute we're starting a business. This is about breaking generational curses, okay? This is about changing things for our children, changing things for the future. I encourage all black people to just start somewhere. Um, if you bake cakes good i encourage you because because once you start starting is the hardest part once you start you'll be surprised how everything else begins to kind of fall into place so i i want to encourage all black people start demanding things of the celebrities that you're making famous okay these celebrities you want to go buy a 20 million dollar house are you serious so you mean to tell me that you couldn't live comfortable in a four million dollar house <laughs> And, and you couldn't invest that other 15 million into your people? Because I'm not saying go around and give black people your money. I'm saying go and invest into your own people. That's what white folks do. They become rich by investing into each other. We can't expect to look to white folks to invest in our businesses. All right. Um, that greed. Okay, that greed. So you invest that 15 million into your people. You got to remember, we are extremely resourceful, creative people. Most black businesses, when they are launched, most of them take off and be very successful. We have amazing products, goods and services that we are offering. So by investing money into your people, you're investing money into the next generation and you're investing in yourself because that's money that you're going to get back plus some. All right. Um, I'm in a process right now of trying to get a uh, business loan for myself. And I can tell you now it's scary. It's scary when, for example, someone like myself who um, has an absent father whose mother died young. And I don't I don't want to say my mom died unexpectedly because we knew it was coming eventually. However, we didn't know exactly when. And uh, if, if you do have and that's another thing, we're more likely to be affected by by chronic illnesses. Okay, so we're we're most likely to get things like 
cancer and diabetes and high blood pressure. Do you know how difficult it is to get life insurance when you have conditions like that? Do you see how this kind of works against us? So these diseases are always created to affect us first. You always hear about, oh, it's more likely to affect African-Americans. How many times do we hear that? This, that, this or that disease is more likely to affect African-Americans. Then turn around and say, well, more African-Americans should have life insurance. That is the cycle of keeping black economics down. Black economics is the biggest threat next to the black family for white supremacy. So that's how they keep our economics low. You see how that cycle goes? We're not going to give you no small business loans. We're definitely not giving you no big business loans. We're not giving you life insurance because you're black and you're most likely to get a disease. Do you see how this works? So that's why it's very important for those of us who have, you know, picked that luck of the draw where we are currently experiencing wealth to invest it back in your people. Um, I am always able to promote black businesses. If you do have any inquiries about promotion, please feel free to hit me up because I'm always willing to do that as well. And um, like I said, we need to, I think a good idea for us is to get back into uh, using investors. I think that's going to be our best bet considering how the numbers are against us when it comes to these small businesses. And remember, black economics, black business is definitely a key to our liberation for ourselves and a future generation. And that brings us to our queen of the week. That is Miss Aretha Franklin. 
who is now an ancestor, I want to pray for a peaceful transition for Miss Franklin into the ancestor realm. And I want to pray for peace for her family and her loved ones. Miss um, Franklin was born March 25th, 1942. She is from Detroit. And she actually passed away today. Um, some major hits. Some of my favorite songs from her is Respect, um, Natural Woman, Say a Little Prayer, Chain of Fools. Uh, the beauty of Aretha Franklin is she was beautiful and sexy, but always in a classy, tasteful way. And it's crazy. Like, artists today are teaching our daughters to put their mouths around penis for money, you know, and not to value themselves and not to value our men. And uh, we we miss artists like her that instead was telling, you know, telling men, you know, respect me, show me some respect, you know, show me some love, treat me right. All right. I need to trust. I don't, you know, teaching us not to put up Aretha Franklin is the one that taught me, like, don't be taking no stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, like I said, I want to give honor to her. I want to pray for a peaceful transition to her. So everybody, go ahead and pray for that um, transition of peace for herself. And we have definitely gained a beautiful, talented, and powerful ancestor. Uh, so once again, peace, love, and light to our new ancestor, Miss Franklin. Yes, yes, yes. Our ancestor Aretha. Aretha was down, y'all. She was down. You know, she definitely was um, that kind of black person that cared about her people and supported her people and her community for sure. She definitely wasn't one of those um, black people that abandoned her community and acted brand new at all. Um, Aretha was all the way down. <laughs> um so next I want to talk about um, one of my favorite subjects to discuss, which is femininity. Sometimes I have to say it slow because it's like femininity. You can get tongue-tied. Um, how can femininity save your life? Now, femininity, when um, executed properly has never caused a woman to die. Like when they say, but did you die? <laughs> no woman has ever been feminine. And because of her being feminine, has it ever caused her harm? However, there have been women who have not expressed, who have not executed femininity, and it has cost them their life. It has caused them harm. Do you see You see what's happening there? Um, that's major. To be able to say, okay, when this was done, nothing bad ever happened from it. There aren't many things in this world that we can say that of. There, there's not many things. So to be able to say that about femininity um, touches on its power. Now... I'm sure that recently we all have seen the video of the uh, 
the male beauty supply owner in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, his name is June. Now, I don't know if that's how it's specifically pronounced, but it's J-U-N, uh, and I assume it'd be June or Jun. Um, so, a black woman was in a store with a small child, and uh, one of the babies took a keychain out of the store. The mother didn't know that the child has taken a keychain. I think that we all as parents have experienced this before. Um, I know my son has taken like a piece of candy from a store when he was like three before because they they don't 100% understand that, okay, this you have to exchange currency for this item. Like kids are not thinking like that. So it's very common for children to... Um, it's very common for children to take things out of stores, small children. Now, procedure is if you if common sense, if it's a small child and they've walked out of your store with something, the correct way for him to have handled that, first of all, if it was a black salon owner or beauty supply owner, I guarantee you he would have just been like, uh, he can have it, he can keep it. Black person probably wouldn't even have said anything, but first of all, if you are going to um pull up on a three year old about a keychain, um if you are that petty, first of all, as a grown man, if we want to take it a whole different direction, you as a grown man see a, a kid that small walk out with a five cent keychain, the fact that you got up to pursue that, especially after his mother just spent money in your store, first of all, your dick is small. Okay? And that's how I feel about that. Anyway, so... He decides to pull up on a toddler about a keychain. And if he was going to do that, the proper way would have to been to, to have said, Hey, ma'am, you know, your son took a keychain by accident. Could you please, you know, hand it back to me? And I'm sure the mother would have been like, Oh, my gosh, Billy, didn't I tell you about that, you know, and... Everybody would have went about their way. But see, this is what happens when you're dealing with racists because uh, racist people don't view us as human. They don't view us as deserving of any kind of um, basic respect. Now, um, and and I've experienced a situation similar to this with one of my ex-employers. And I watched, and she is a white woman at um, Floyd's Barbershop in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Sarah Sleep, I witnessed her assault one of my black coworkers, Giovanna. Um, Giovanna Hamilton, I witnessed her put her hands on her and assault her, and she assaulted her in front of everyone. And, you know, so when I see this instance with the man at the beauty supply, I'm like, this is not unfamiliar. This is something that I'm sure we all have seen um, something similar to this happen in our everyday lives. This is not uncommon for black women especially to be attacked in this way because um, there's no consequence to attacking black women. There's no one that holds you accountable or responsible. So it's pretty much free. You know, it's, it's open season on black women. We're definitely the emotional punching bags of um, of racist people. So when they're having a bad day, when they're upset, self-control does not apply to them. Okay. Because a black person, uh, made them angry because 
they're having an issue with a black person, then however they choose to respond to those interactions is okay. Um, Because in situations like this, uh, the reaction will not be outraged that this woman was attacked. The issue will be, well, what did she do? that that's the reaction because he follows her out the store and he's he's yelling at her he's berating her about the keychain you know what i'm saying so if you can imagine yourself being in ass shoes she's she's probably like first of all you know i didn't even know he did that second of all who the hell are you talking to you know what i'm saying like keep it real i hate when people feel like black women are not deserving of defending ourselves understand one thing if If our men are not going to defend us, what we're not going to do is lay down and die. So if that woman in that moment was there and from what I see, she was um, she was not there was no black man present to help protect her. Then in that moment, she still does not need to let herself be disrespected. Understand that femininity can. um, What's the right word I want to use? Femininity. There is an emergency button for femininity and sometimes when you do have to break that glass and press that big red button that says do not press it has to be in dire situations in this situation where she's being pursued by um by a male and she is being disrespected like that in that instance it would have been proper for her to say something to the extent of you know excuse me um, you're speaking to me extremely disrespectful. You gotta, you gotta beat them. In that instance, femininity can gain its strength not by going toe to toe with a man physically. Because if we want to keep it real with ourselves, let's just go ahead and respect the science of all this. That men are physically stronger than us. You going toe to toe with a man is not fair. It's not fair for two reasons. Number one, because he's stronger than you, and you'll. It doesn't matter even. It doesn't matter what you do. You just do not have the physical capacity to to be stronger and overrule and overpower this man number two basically what you're doing is putting him in a position where if he puts his hands on you he's automatically wrong but you're gonna use that to your advantage and try to put your hands on him because you know that he'll be you know he'll he'll be the one considered wrong if he retaliates so it's not fair to put people in that situation so it should never be oh it should never be your first instinct as a feminine woman to physically put your hands on a man. The only time you'd want to physically put your hands on a man is if you are being physically attacked and you are needing to defend yourself or get away or escape and it needs to be that dire of a situation as a woman on why you would put your hands on a man now with that being said let's go back to the story now he comes out he's berating her i'm sure that any of us if there's no one if there is no man there to speak up for us i'm pretty sure that any of us are going to be like who are you talking to you know, who are you talking to? I don't appreciate the way that you're talking to me. And I demand that you, you talk to me in a, in a respectful manner. And if you do not talk to me in a respectful manner, I'm not continuing this conversation with you. Here is your keychain. Have a great day. You know what I'm saying? That's that's being firm yet feminine. I love that. Ooh, I want to coin the phrase firm yet feminine. It's a balance. So in that instance, you did let that that person know that you would not tolerate a disrespect. However, you can do so while still maintaining your grace, while still maintaining your intelligence. 
And you can simply be firm and say, I will not tolerate a disrespect without getting physical, without raising our voices. Now, that would have been the proper way. Um, that, that would have been the proper way for that to go down. It's for her to not even have had to said that. Okay, the proper way for this to go down would have been for him to speak to her like he had some sense. But since he is... Um, since he is a savage and since he, he is a racist and since he is ignorant as hell, he had no self-control since he's an animal to, um, exhibit some kind of adult behavior and simply communicate with the woman as opposed to resorting to anger and violence first. Um, now she ended up, so now she takes the keychain and she, tosses the keychain back into the store like I'm not going back and forth with you about no five cent keychain you know what I'm saying like who is about to really do that and like I said especially when I if I just spend money with you so you know what I'm saying so no one no grown adult is going to go back and forth with nobody okay about no damn keychain so she tosses the keychain back in the store like First of all, had you came out here, you know, and spoke to me respectfully, I could have handed you this keychain and we could have all been well. But you want to come out here cussing me out over this keychain? Bloop! You know what I'm saying? Throw it back in the store and keep moving. I'm not even about to. So now she's trying to go back towards the door to throw the uh, keychain into the uh, into the building. And he is like, like, I know she can probably feel his breath on her. That is how much he is like on her ass so she's trying to back away so she puts her hand out so she puts her hand out like on his chest like to get him out of her face and this is the thing everybody is attacking her for how she reacted but the key word is react meaning there was someone who had an initial act Someone has to has to um has to perform an initial act in order for one to react so everyone is um, everyone is getting on her about her reactions to his initial actions. Are you serious? Do you see it? Are we seeing it now? Are we seeing the subconscious self-hatred for black women? Are we seeing the subconscious belief that black women do not deserve respect and are not deserving to defend themselves? Are you seeing it now? We become invisible to what this man did to her and the focus in these articles. And if you think I'm being dramatic, look up these articles and read the comments, read the comments and look at how many people are saying, Oh, she shouldn't have pushed him. Are you serious? Okay. You're, we're ignoring that. He was in her personal space. She was walking out the store. You're forgetting that he walked up on her. You're forgetting that he is standing over her breathing his egg roll breath on her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you ignore that. You ignore that because it's a black woman. That was a white woman that he was doing that to. There would be nothing but outrage. Oh, my God. How could he do that? What was he thinking? How could you do that to a woman? You already know the difference. And that's why I say as black women, we have to conduct ourselves differently than anyone else. Because, unfortunately, sometimes we're on our own. Sometimes we're on our own. This is why black African sisterhood is vital. This is why femininity can save your life. All right. Um, in this world, like I said, are we physically stronger than the men? No, but we are mentally stronger. Our feminine power is stronger. So we need to utilize that. 
say less. Like they say in Cali, say less. A friend of mine that I was talking to at Return of Guys, he was like, yeah, in the Bay. No, I, I said something like, say no more. He was like, in the Bay, we say, say less. <laughs> so femininity is like, say less. You know, we don't even have to do all that. Because like I said, um, you know, in that situation, it's unfortunate that he was not able to control himself because that could have been handled completely differently. And she would have had the option to kind of express herself in a more feminine way. Um, now, understand this. This is and this is not even related to the story with the woman in the beauty supply. We're switching back onto just a general discussion here because I don't want anyone misconstruing what I'm saying right now as applying to her. We're we're done with that conversation. Um we just I wanted to discuss that because it was in the headlines today. Now um now aside from that, in most cultures, ladies, um men it's almost unheard of for uh, men to have a woman raise her voice at him in any way, shape or form. Okay. Uh, in many cultures, that is not ever seen. In many cultures, most boys grow up never seeing their mother um, ever yell at their father or put her hands on his father or use bad language towards his father. He's just never seen that. It's just not, it's something that is not tolerated, something that just doesn't happen in most cultures in most countries. Now, with that being said, you got to be careful whose face you get all up in. Okay, femininity. Okay, men and women, we have different uh, thought processes. We have two different types of brains. It is the more masculine energy um, with the bronze and to be more physical and more confrontational. You know, I, I think it's beautiful when men fight because that's natural. The art of war um, conflict, um, fighting, that's, that's natural. That's something that we've always had in our culture as a people. We've never been about mass slaughtering of people. However, the art of fighting, the art of war has definitely been something that's a part of our culture because conflict is natural and normal within family. And two black men, um, two black men practicing the art of war, uh, the art of defense, the art of fighting, is a beautiful thing. Now, with that being said, that is the masculine way. Oh my goodness, y'all. That was just some thunder that scared the crap out of me. Whew. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. When I say some thunder just went off, that scared me to death. I didn't know what that was. Okay. Woo-wee. All right. <laughs> I'm sitting over here like, having this real serious conversation and this banging goes off. I'm like, oh God. All right. Anyways. Um, okay. Let me get my thoughts back together. That just totally threw me off. Like my heart is beating so fast right now. All right. So what was I saying now? All right. I was saying, okay. Now, so masculinity is more about, all right, you know, we're going to puff our chest out and see, you know, see who who's the bigger man. And that and you know why we know that's natural? Because the animals do it. You know, we always see between two male animals how they, you know, puff their horns out or puff their chest out. You know, all all male to male species have some kind of exercises that men do together to like prove like I'm the bigger man. That's normal. Okay, so that's why I say that 
being pro-black, being about your people is not about being kumbaya 24-7 with everybody. It's not about that. Um, like I said, conflict is natural. It's normal. It's just about how you handle the conflict. Um, now, with that being said, as I, as I just stated, watch whose face you get in, ladies. If you are going to break out of your femininity, if you are going to act out in masculine ways... Um, I'm letting you know now you have to be ready for whatever repercussions may come from that. Okay. I hope you're armed or something. Okay. Because there are men that are not going to tolerate that. Okay. Let me, let me just go ahead and make that clear. Uh, unless you are on some kind of steroids or have altered your body in some way, like I said, like 98% of men can take your ass down, even as small as... I don't got took up through there before by a little dude. I'm talking about was little and I'm, I was, I had an altercation out somewhere. He was security and I'm like, he come trying to, you know, drag me out of the club. And I'm like, please, this little nigga, child, please. He put me in a hell. I could not move. You know what I'm saying? I could not move. There was nothing I could do. I, I had to just give up. I'm like, wow, y'all are strong. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, don't think you big and bad trying to get in men's faces thinking that you can, because their bodies are physically stronger. That's science, baby. Okay, that's science, honey. You poor thing. Please come sit down. Now, like I said, there are some men who can practice restraint, and no matter what you say, they're not going to put their hands on you. There are men who know how to walk away. There are men that, you know, can let it go. However, there are some men who have never seen that before. And and if you get in their face, especially in public in front of people, you can trigger, you can literally trigger something in that man and you may be surprised at how harshly he can react. Okay, don't think that every man has seen that or is going to put up with that. Don't think that that's going to fly with every man. Some men have really never seen that. So they have a woman get in their face, they're going to be like, what? You know, okay, you getting in my face like a man. I guess I'm going to handle you like a man. That's how some men are going to feel. You know, so it's not fair for you to know good and well you're not physically stronger than him. But then get in his face and just make it so that he has to not retaliate. Not every man is that strong mentally. Okay, it's people that don't got all their screws loose. So when we practice femininity, it is definitely a tactic to preserve us. It's a tactic to keep us safe. Um, I, I look at I look at sisters of ours who have fallen and the situations that they fell in. Uh, sometimes it was just avoidable. I, I hate seeing a sister pass away or get seriously harmed because feminine practice was not uh, exhibited. Okay. Then that's, and that's why I say, I'm like, um, everything pretty much falls under the umbrella of femininity. Uh, when it comes to conflict resolution, like we were just discussing, when it comes to our children, when it comes to the health of our family, it all comes down to femininity, you know, so that's why I push it so hard because I feel like we've tried the same thing for years and years. And it's like, ladies, we've been strong for how long? Uh, why don't we try being soft? <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? If we've been strong for hundreds of years and we still are the last ones getting married, you know, we're still the ones out here not protected. We still the ones out here getting our asses kicked. Maybe what we're doing is not working. And maybe it's time for us to change it up. You know, how long do we keep doing the same thing? We, we're the poster children for strong women of the world. Uh, AKA, we're the ones getting our butts whooped, literally. Like, we're the ones getting attacked. And how long do we do that same cycle over and over? I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired. I'm tired of being strong, okay? I, I'm ready to be soft. A woman's supposed to be soft, all right? I'm ready to be strong if necessary. I'm ready to be strong if it's like, okay, you know, shit just got real. It's it's about to go down. But all that being strong all day, every day, superwoman, I'm tired. Okay, the the generation that we're at, we got the generational weight burden of that strength on our backs from the past four, five, six generations going back. Because there was a time where we we weren't doing that. There was a time where we were feminine and we, we weren't getting our asses kicked. We were protected and elevated. Okay, so, you know, like I said, maybe this past like five, six generations ago is when we started having to develop this strength as survival. All right. But um, so now we're like the sixth, fifth or sixth generation. And I'm over here like, whoo, glee. Like, I feel like, you know, we've been hiking up a mountain. I'm like, okay, something's got to give. How long can we keep doing this? And where is this getting us? But with but with the men wanting to go with the women who are soft. Hold up. So we over here bearing all the weight and all the strength just for the men to leave and go get with the women who ain't doing none of this. Wait a second. Finesse. <laughs> um. So, ladies, let's get back into it. We, uh, there are classes. Femininity is an art. When any any kind of art always has classes. There are classes. There is a online course. There is in person training about femininity, mastering the art of it. Log on to blissfullyfeminine.com. This is a sister company. Um. And you can access course information there. It is an art form. Once you really start to learn about it, because yes, it is something that needs to be um, learned. You're gonna, you're, you'll, you'll kind of have that same epiphany, like, oh my God, this is the answer. I'm, I'm putting this out there so it can manifest. But I want to open an etiquette school for young black girls, and I want the school to teach them how to care for their natural hair, teach them um, etiquette, elegance, poise, and teach them femininity, teach them how to be wives, teach them how to be mothers, teach them what it means to be women, have rites of passage. Oh yes, it's going to happen, okay? Now, I don't know when or where, but what I will say is it's going to happen, Um that's going to be probably my first uh, my first major business venture. I'm declaring that. 
Um, anyway, because uh, I know that because as of right now, I'm scared for my son because I'm like, wait a minute. If we are falling, if if this generation of women turns their noses up so highly at the mere mention of femininity, what is the generation of women 10 years from now going to be like? I'm terrified. And those are going to be the women that my son is going to have to choose from? Um... No, I'm over here contemplating arranged marriages. Like, I'm over here contemplating finding a young sister from a good family who me and her parents can be on the same page. Like, all right, you know, I'm raising a real man over here. You're raising a real woman. Let's get them together. Like, I'm about to be on something like that if we don't do something about this next generation and and the fall from femininity that's occurring, how we are being uh, groomed to hate it how it's been turned into something it's not. So I think it would be life-saving to have schools like that for the girls. Even if I don't do it um, now, if someone else is doing it, if someone else is going to do it, let's all do it. Let's get it going in all our communities. Um, any hoodles. Now, we are definitely way out of time for this week. I love you all. Um... Please follow me on Instagram at goddess6footer, G-O-D-D-I-S underscore S-I-X-F-O-O-T-A-H. And if you have not shopped my online store, please log on to sixthegoddess.com. That is S-I-X-T-H-E-G-O-D-D-I-S. And as always, peace, love, and black power.